0: Thank you, Quattro. It's a privilege to be here, and it's uh, it's amazing to think how quickly time goes. Because that Shepherds Conference doesn't seem that long ago in 2019. But uh, no, I I had no fear. I walk by faith, and so I'll go by. I'll go to a gas station in the middle of L.A. for some Diet Coke. It doesn't bother me a bit. But I'm so glad to be here. I'm so glad that you're here. New Year's Eve it seems to just be, a, has just turned into one giant drinking party in our culture and uh, it's getting to where it's, it's, it's hard to find anywhere to go where that's just really not the theme and I'm, I'm so glad to be here and be in God's word, be singing his praises and about his faithfulness and, and uh, I hope that our attitude going into this coming year is that whatever my lot. You've taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Well, tonight we're going to be in Hebrews chapter 13. On a New Year's Eve service, it's hard not to think about resolutions. And it seems like in my life, I've gone back and forth on resolutions. I may be overly optimistic one year. And then the next year, resolutions are dumb and no one should do them. And then the next year, maybe resolutions are okay again. My dad had an interesting take one year. He said, I never, I never do my, my New Year's resolutions. So this year, my New Year's resolution is to gain 20 pounds. <laughs> so there's a little reverse psychology there, you know. So maybe, you know, he's a guarantee. So I won't gain weight if I, may, if I resolve to do it. But I do think that we should be thoughtful, and we're going to see this here in God's Word. I do think that if your resolutions are made, uh, you're trying to improve your life for comfort or for pride or for fear, for fitting in, for trying to earn God's favor, your resolutions will ultimately fail. But I don't believe that means we should throw out the whole business. The book of Hebrews. Not going to summarize it here tonight, and if we're going to get out by nine. But Jesus is better. He's better. he's, the, he's better than the prophets. He's better than the ways God spoke to men in the time before. He is the image of the invisible God and the exact imprint of His nature. He's the better Savior. He's the better priest. He's the better Moses. He's the better sacrifice. He's the better Melchizedek. He's the better atonement. And the church has in Christ an anchor in heaven. It's unshakable. And then we get to chapter 13 after walking through the God's faithfulness. And, and I always think it's funny, you know, it's, it's, it's called the Hall of Fame of Faith, chapter 11, in that it's like the Hall of Fame of, of these men that are in the Hall of Fame. But to me, it's, it's God's faithfulness on display in that chapter. What God has done and God's faithfulness down through the ages in those whom he was pleased to use. And we run our race. And then he addresses the church. And we're going to come back to the beginning of chapter 13 briefly in a moment. But I I do want to jump down to verse 7. Where we read, remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. First of all, God's people, the church, are called to remember, to call to mind. We are to be a thoughtful and contemplative people. We are to be a people who look for God's faithfulness, who look for things in life and patterns in life. And to take stock and to judge rightly by God's word. We're not to be a thoughtless people. We're not to be a people who drift. I think resolutions are wonderful, but I really think that resolutions tend to be the world's attempt at replicating repentance. Which it can't do. Apart from God's word. Apart from God's power. We are to be in a constant state of remembering, of thinking back, of looking and observing. Of taking stock, of being like Paul, taking up all of his life, everything he was before, or everything that is not Christ and and counting it loss. That's That's a type of Christian accounting that is to be done by us. And it's not to be done once a year. But I find nothing wrong with taking a time, especially in a time where it's so so easy and comes to mind so quickly, to, to put a special emphasis on it. Chapter 13, verse 7 doesn't come in the context of New Year's Eve. It comes in the context of Christians' everyday life. And so this should be our pattern. We should be thoughtful. We should consider I know the word's been overused, but we should be doing things intentionally, not simply because that's the way we have seen it done in the past or the way that's easiest or most comfortable. Remember. What do we remember? Remember your leaders. And by that he means those who spoke to you the word of God. I find it fascinating, I find it amazing, astounding and humbling, that once again, in God's word, what we find is that the means of grace God chooses to use is the local church. All of the commands were given, all, all the exhortation they're given on how to live a godly life. And what does He say? To encourage them, remember those who spoke to you God's Word, who spoke it to you. Call them to mind. What has God given? It's the local church. He doesn't say, remember remember all the tactics you discovered or what you read on a blog post one day. Or remember that study you read throughout the year that had this data point or that data point on how to adjust your habits. He says, remember those who spoke to you the Word of God. The local church is the common means of grace that God's good design is to use in your life to sanctify you and to grow you. It's not secret. We're not Gnostics. We're not looking for some hidden key that God is buried deep in the recesses of human knowledge. He proclaims it from his word over and over again. What I am going to use, says God, is my church. Remember your leaders. Remember those who proclaimed it to you. My prayer is that whatever your resolutions may be, 2023 will be the year of church, local church renewal. A commitment to one another. That we are going to be consistent. That this is long term. a year where we seek out godly leadership, godly elders, godly pastors, and to encourage them and to listen to them as they proclaim the word of God and lead God's people and shepherd them. I'm so encouraged by the stories of what God's doing at Second Baptist Perryville. When I hear of young families descending from Canada... In order to be involved in a local church. That should not be an outlier. And that should not be considered strange. That's what God's people do. There is a crucial importance on godly leadership in the church. There is a crucial importance on the pulpit in the Bible, not programs. And how many times have you heard from people who who believe, and yet they'll sit in a church because they have a good program for their kids and deal with a weak pulpit? I know, yeah, I know. He's he's a little soft, you know. He's a little wishy washy, and yeah, I wish he used the Bible more. But man, my kids have a blast on Wednesday nights. You don't find that in Scripture. In order to be obedient to this verse, you need to be under, and your children need to be under, godly men who proclaim God's Word faithfully and consistently with conviction and passion and who follow that up with the way they lead their lives. The church that I choose is crucial Because my sons, my children are watching. And they're not going to pick up and follow a program. They're going to follow the pattern set out for them by their leadership. So be deadly careful. Be precise. Remember your leaders. Those who spoke to you the word of God. And once again, he says, consider, in verse 7. This word means to observe carefully. It's something that we're not used to doing. Something we're out of the practice of. There's a book uh, about how to read the Bible called, I think it's in Grasping God's Word. But in talking about how we read God's Word and how a man was taught by one of his professors to observe in science. And he just sat a specimen, I think it was a fish in front of him. And he said, he got him a blank piece of paper and a pen and he said, I want you to observe everything you can about that fish. And so, you know, he poked around a little bit and he had about 10 10 things. He said, all right, I'm done. The professor said, no. You haven't you haven't been looking. You haven't you haven't really been looking. And he made him sit there until he had not ten things, not twenty things, not thirty things, until he had fifty observations, a hundred observations about this singular fish that's not even moving. In order to teach him how to observe, how to look, how to make distinctions, how to see. Christians are to be a thoughtful people. We are to be a considerate people, a people who observe carefully, who watch, who aren't looking for the easy answer or the quick answer, but rather are looking and watching carefully. I don't know how you do this if you have a celebrity pastor who is a CEO of a large corporate church. You don't know him. You may know his social media platform or what he presents to you on a Sunday morning. But it says to consider the outcome of their way of life. One thing that's been surprising to me about being a pastor... Is how God uses funerals. I wasn't expecting that. But Ecclesiastes says that it's better to go into the house of mourning. Why? Well, because it jostles us out of our everyday life, our distraction and our entertainment and forces us to see and consider reality. And consider things like the outcome of someone's way of life. As this year draws to a close, you look and you consider and you think about those who've proclaimed to you the word of God and and think about the outcome of their life, the way that it went for them. This should cause you to think about and to consider what outcomes you're looking for in your life. Are you looking for wealth? Prosperity, ease, and comfort. Well, if you're looking and observing carefully godly men, you'll find that most times that's not the outcome of their way of life. Most godly men don't die with mountains of treasure hoarded up. Don't die surrounded by earthly ease. And it should cause you to think about what does it mean to be truly blessed? What does it look like for God's blessing to be upon you? Does it look like that the end of your life everything is easy, everything is smooth? Ultimately, what you're looking for, the outcome of their way of life, it's for faithfulness and faithfulness to the end. You see, this pattern, it, it, it assumes a long-term relationship in the local church where you see men and observe men from when your eyes are young and you see them grow old and pass away. And as you get older, you then can consider and look back and remember God's faithfulness in their lives. Consider the outcome of their way of life. And I want to be careful here it says, and imitate their faith, it does not say, imitate their personality. It doesn't say imitate their quirks. And it surely doesn't say imitate their sin. It's a dangerous thing for the young as they look up to those who are their heroes in the faith and they try to imitate things that aren't their, the faith of the ones they look up to. My grandfather who was a pastor, gave my, my father, who was a, a pastor, this advice when he was entering into the ministry. He said, don't, don't imitate your heroes because you'll wind up imitating their weaknesses instead of their strengths as you try to act like them. Act like their personality. Act like their humor. Or act like some of their quirks or tics. That's not what they're calling us to do. I hope, I hope that uh, I hope at Second Baptist Perryville that what happens is not that everyone becomes as picky a eater as Quattro is. It's like, oh, Quattro's a man of God and he's real picky and uh, I'm going to do that. That's not the work God is doing. Consider their faith. Watch and look and observe as they pass over riches. Watch and observe as they sacrifice their time, their hobbies. Watch and observe as relationships are ripped from them. Watch and observe as through it all they are found reading and pouring over their Bibles and God's Word. Watch and observe as they are dedicated to prayer day in and day out, year in and year in, year out, decade in and decade out. Watch and observe as even though they're tired and even though their schedules are full, they're still out visiting the poor and the sick and the needy and those who can't get out. And watch and observe as even though it's not the convenient thing to do, they show hospitality. Walking by faith. And because it's the local church, there's going to be a beauty in knowing that it doesn't come easy to anyone. There's such a beauty in the local church because you can go up to Quattro. You can come to me and say, Hey, how do you read your Bible? It's... It just, it seems so easy for you or it's so hard for, it's especially hard for me. And you can get the answer that it is not especially easy for me. There are days when I sit down and I am not in a very sanctified mood. I want to be selfish. I want to be entertained. My flesh is crying out, rest, rest a little bit of folding of hands, a little bit of sleep. I don't wake every, up every morning like I'm some sort of Disney princess and all the animals, you know, climb it to me and get me dressed and then I float to my office and my Bible opens itself and I just sit there with a permanent smile on my face as I take it in. There are days I have to dig in. There are days that I have to, to clench my fists. There are days I have to fight. And when you're far away from someone, it can seem, oh, it's so easy for him. You watch. You watch over the years. You watch that faithfulness. You imitate it. You do that. You see God's faithfulness to them. As they walked by faith. And do likewise. Watch as they. Through the Holy Spirit in them. Lay down. Crush their idols. And see God's faithfulness through it all. How do I know we're talking about primarily God's faithfulness? Well because of the encouragement and. That he gives in verse 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't say you're just as strong as them. You're just as good as them. You're just as talented as them. Take heart. Imitate them. You're special. You're equipped. You're, you're, you're so talented. No, the encouragement is imitate them, imitate their faith and the knowledge of those men, however greatly God used them, were men. And the only reason they attained to that level of faithfulness is because of the faithfulness of Christ. And that faithfulness of Christ and Christ himself does not change down through the ages So you can trust in them as well. We don't create superheroes in the church. There's no Superman. There's only Jesus. And the same Jesus who moves and works and the men that you, God has used in your life to speak his word is active in you. We can do likewise because God doesn't change. The same God that saved and sanctified them will save and sanctify you. So you can, tonight on the precipice of the new year, consider these things. Look at your own life and lay down your idols because God is faithful. You can walk away from everything you know and everything that's familiar and go into a new place. We've seen God do it with Abraham. And the same God that saw Abraham from his home all the way to the promised land is active and moving in you. And so you don't have to make an idol Of your comfort. Or of what's the norm. You can have courage to fight. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. And the same God that was with David in the wilderness. As he hid in caves. And looked for food. And had to run and flee to enemy territory for a time. And saw him faithfully. Faithfully to the throne of Israel. That very same God is moving and working in you. You can have the faith to stand alone because the same God that was with Elijah is working and moving in you. You can have the faith to speak the truth even if no one listens because the same God same Christ who appeared to Isaiah his spirit lives in you and he does not change you can we can get more new year's New year's Eve don't improve your diet for outward reasons no one realize that you can refuse gluttony As Daniel did. Was it not a temptation in Babylon? All the delicacies of this world laid before him. Daniel missed out on those delicacies. He did not get them. He refused them. And was Daniel laid waste? Did Daniel die Thinking, oh, if I had only have tasted that meat of Babylon. No, God was faithful to Daniel. And that same God is living and working in you. So you don't have to fear to lay down your idol. God is faithful. We've seen it all through Scripture. And God is so gracious that He calls us and commands us to see His faithfulness displayed in your leadership day in and day out as well. So you don't just have the word of God, you have the people of God to encourage you in this very endeavor. Watch. Look. Step out in faith in Jesus. And then you can consider tactics. But what I fear is, is that too many Christians... Enter the new year, stepping out with faith in their tactics, and only afterwards consider Jesus. God's given us, God's given us the answer. He's given us what we need, and he chooses to give it through the local church. And it all glorifies God. I love Quattro. He's my brother in Christ. I'm encouraged by him. But I know he's not perfect. I glorify God in the work that God is doing to the pastor of 2nd Baptist Perryville. I have some of Plummerville lights here tonight. They know they've seen, they've observed me, and they know that any work God does at First Baptist Plummerville won't be as a result of my puny efforts. Any work God does through me, any God, work God does in the church will all glorify Him. So watch, look, see, observe, God is moving still. So often in family worship, when we're going through the Old Testament, there's the, there's the cry of the young child's heart, oh, I wish God still spoke that way. I wish I'd be riding on a donkey and God would speak, or I I wish that I could hear the still small voice, but We have something so much better. We have God's Word and we get to observe and see that the same God who was there before the stars shone in the sky, the same God who was there with Adam and Abraham and Joshua and David, the same God who came to earth as a baby... And lived faithfully. Died on the cross. Rose again. That same God is moving and working still. He moved and worked in 2022. And he will work in the year to come. Know it. And see it. And may God change us. Into his image day by day. Father. I thank you for this night. I thank you for this time. And I thank you for your word. I thank you that. We don't have to spend our time groping in the darkness for some sort of answer on on how you change us and how you move and work in us. But Lord, you tell us plainly in your word in a way that's easy to understand. I pray that we would submit to it, Father, that we wouldn't, like the Greeks, scoff at it as being too simple, being foolish. But by faith, rather. we would walk according to your word. I thank you, Lord, that it's not our own strength that we're dependent upon. I thank you that, no, it's it's you. And you never change. We cling to that truth as we Transfer from one year to another. We look to you and praise you and pray that you will be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen.